Hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hello again. Hello. 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 Just got a few housekeeping things to do, and then we will get started. Good morning or good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> good afternoon. Hi. All right. Got a few more coming in. First time I've been in New York in a long time. Lovely, right? It's just like I remember. Just how you remember it? Okay. There we go. So good morning again. Um, I'm Inez Lagarda from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And thank you for joining the Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo press room. Um, we've got a quite um, a few questions and Max and I are gonna do our best to get through them within the 45 minutes. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to the director, producer, and writer of Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo, Maxwell Adams. A quick, there you go. A quick reminder that Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo is now available on DVD and digital. And in case you missed the panel earlier today, um, if you missed the panel earlier today, you can actually catch it on New York Comic Con's YouTube channel. And then later on this afternoon, we will also send you a recorded link to the um, to this press room in case you've missed any of it. So let's get started with the first question. The first question is Mark from Toon Barn wants to know with the script, with the Scooby-Doo gang having gone through so many haunts, and Halloween-like stories, how do you bring a new Halloween theme to Scooby-Doo and set it apart from all the previous stories? That's a good question. Uh, yep. I mean, for me, mostly it was just trying to, to get as much Halloween into it as I could. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a Halloween special, but uh, I think because it's a Scooby-Doo Halloween special, like any given monster is pretty much already a Scooby-Doo monster, so sitting down to write it, I was like, well, what's my, what's my monster going to be? Is it going to be vampires or uh, werewolves now? And eventually I just kind of came weirdly full circle back to a Halloween special I did for my own show, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy back in 2000, whatever. And I was like, well, well living pumpkins, that's what's more Halloweeny than that. And then I was like, I really want to do the same thing. And after thinking about, you know, what, what the story was about and, and who I wanted to have in it, like it all kind of just fell together at that point. Okay, next question. Alexa from the Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo. This is like the most action-based Scooby-Doo movie we've ever seen to date. What were the difficulties to include that action in the mystery-based formula Scooby-Doo has? Um, I did want to mix it up. So from the beginning, I knew I wanted something that was just sort of a, a juggernaut that just kind of took you, you know, started off in, in action and just took you all the way through the movie. So uh, car chase seemed like a, a natural solution to me, but uh, I'm, I've lost I've lost the question. <laughs> you want me to repeat it again? You want to move to the next uh, one? Yeah, if you could just give me a, a line. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so it says, what are the difficulties to include that action okay. in the mystery-based formula Scooby-Doo has? Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I knew from the beginning that I wanted them to be solving the mystery on the go. Uh, so really, it was just the, the difficulties were, I guess, just finding where to place the clues. And the real difficulty was just actually getting it done because uh, Scooby-Doo's aren't really made to be action movies. So I, I think I scared some people at Warner Brothers and, and myself. 
eventually uh, by doing this. Okay, next question. Jimmy from Saturday Morning Serial. How are the challenges of making an episodic animated TV show different than putting out an animated movie? Uh, with a movie, you can definitely take more time and, and put a little bit more care into it, uh, ideally. Uh, when you're dealing with a, a series, like you do about a show a week, like everything is, you know, spread over nine months. So uh, if you, you know, you'll have six weeks to do a storyboard. And if you're a storyboard artist, you'll go into the next storyboard. And so everything is just sort of uh, assembly line in that way. But uh, with a longer form thing, you can kind of sit down and think like, well, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> take more time. That's all. Great. Next question. Vic from Drop the Spotlight. What is one thing that you want fans to know prior to watching Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo? Mm, that's a good question, too. Uh, I guess don't, don't eat too much candy. <laughs> okay, great. Gareth from Skew and Reviews. But do eat some candy. Uh -huh. You want to get a little jacked up on sugar, I think. Probably have it, yeah, yeah, or have some on hand before you oh, start. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. There, yeah. I think uh, you could do a game where every time Shaggy and Scooby eat candy, you eat a little candy, which will probably end yep. up with you eating too much candy. There you go. Gareth from Skewed and Reviewed, how do you balance moving the franchise forward yet giving fans what they've come to expect? Uh, really nobody was, was sort of telling me what to do with this, so. Uh, I guess it was all just sort of instinct and, and what I wanted to see out of the characters more than anything else. Um, yeah. Jimmy from Saturday Morning Serial. Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo features cameos by Elvira and Bill Nye. Um, how were they chosen for this film? And do you write the cameo first and then see if the talent is interested? Or do you sign the stars and then write the part? Uh, I think as far as how they get hired, it can happen any number of ways. Uh, when I came into this, uh, I had a couple of, of must-haves from Warner Brothers, which were that it'd be the Halloweeniest Halloween special that I could make, uh, that Elvira was probably attached, uh, and the identity of the villain at the end. But uh, Elvira was, was already there, uh, so I just had to figure out how to work her in. And as far as Bill Nye goes, uh, I, when I was kind of writing the outline, uh, I knew that I wanted somebody in there who was sort of, uh, I guess, uh, someone that Velma could, could look up to who, who sort of influenced her and uh, gave them the, the Mystery Machine X and all that. And uh, if we hadn't gotten Bill Nye, uh, there's, a, there's a, you know, maybe I could have gotten Neil deGrasse Tyson, but there's not a whole lot of uh, other people I, I could have gotten at that point, probably. <laughs> so it is a little risky. Like, there is a, always a chance you'll have to go back and figure out a, a completely different direction. Okay, next question. Mark from Toon Barn. Cassandra Peterson is an excellent, is so excellent as Elvira and is the perfect guest star for a Halloween Scooby-Doo movie. How are you able to bring the best parts of the Elvira character to life in an animated Scooby film that even older fans of Elvira would love? Uh, I guess since I am an older fan of Elvira, that probably helped. <laughs> Uh, and honestly, she was like great. Like uh, uh, whenever you get kind of guest stars in, I feel like sometimes you never know what you're gonna get. And uh, she was, yeah, everybody was fantastic. Like uh, I love to give actors room to play and you know, nobody knows Elvira or, or Bill Nye or the Scooby gang, like the actors we had. So 
uh, really, it was just kind of a, a delight. It wasn't a lot of work on my part. <laughs> Alexa, from the unmasked history of Scooby-Doo, when and how did you, did the idea develop to bring a DC villain into a Scooby movie, especially without bringing Batman in? Uh, that was another sort of risky move. Uh, thankfully, I decided on it early on. Uh, but the Scooby-Doo's of my childhood, like, uh, were just full of kind of weird guest stars and when I was watching Scooby-Doo, you know, I was also watching the Three Stooges and they'd show up on Scooby-Doo and I'd be like, that's amazing. So uh, just as, as I guess this is my, my love letter to Scooby-Doo, it's probably the only one I get. So I wanted to kind of cram everything that I loved in there. And uh, that was part of it. <laughs> so Mark from Toon Barn. What was it like to work with the iconic cast of Frank Welker, Matthew Lillard, Kate Micucci and Gray Griffin, and how can we keep them together for this for Scooby Doo indefinitely? I wish I had all the answers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love all those guys. Uh, I've I've had the fortune of working with uh, Gray and Frank for a good portion of my career, so it was it was great to see them again. And Matthew and, and Kate, like Kate's the only Velma I've ever known, so she's my fav favorite Velma, but. Yeah, they've, they've got a fantastic synergy, and I wish we could have gotten them all in the room together to record, but, you know, 2020. <laughs> yes. Next question, Alexa from the Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo. How many Easter eggs and references can we expect to see in the film from not, on, um, from not only other Scooby-Doo media, but also from the grim adventures of Bill and Mandy? Uh, another good question. I, I love Easter eggs. Uh, anybody that knows me will know that I tend to pack things with Easter eggs, so there's a lot. I don't count them because it would take a lot of time. <laughs> uh, there's stuff from, uh, definitely there's a ton of, of Scooby Easter eggs. Uh, there's one or two fairly obvious uh, Billy and Mandy uh, pop-ups, pop I guess, uh, Halloween floats. Uh, but yeah, there's everything from Predator to The Matrix. Uh, uh, there's a lot of 80s stuff. It's it's very, uh, when the movie started, or when I started to make the movie, uh, it was going to be a 50th anniversary thing, and, and we missed that by a year. But uh, the idea was to kind of ground it in 1969 and then leak in my childhood of the, of the 80s, 80s monster movie stuff. Okay. Vic from Drop the Spotlight. What was your favorite Scooby moment in the film? My favorite Scooby moment, probably when Scooby shoots down the drones with candy. <laughs> okay. Um, or at the very again, end when he says Scooby Dooby Doo, I like that. <laughs> classic. Um, next question also from Alexa from the Unmasked History of Scooby Doo. The last three Scooby direct to videos, Curse of the Thirteenth Go uh, Ghost, Return to Zombie Island, and now Happy Halloween all seem to be part of one big storyline. Can you speak to what it was like to connect the storylines of the three movies who had different writers, directors, and producers? I can, and I will. Uh, I, this was sort of a weird one for me because I actually didn't know it was part of a trilogy, really, until about a week before the script was done. <laughs> so I, I had gone back and just binge watch as much Scooby-Doo as I could, all, all the movies and stuff, but I hadn't seen like the three or four most recent ones because they weren't um, easily accessible on the shelf at Warner Brothers. 
uh, and I knew that the uh, spoilers, people. I knew that the bad guy was supposed to be the sheriff, uh, but I didn't know why. I was just like, oh, they want the sheriff to be the bad guy. And they were like, yeah, do it if you can. And I was like, okay. And then I don't even remember how I found out, but it was like uh, we were about to go into production and someone was like, oh yeah, what about the thing with the mystery machine? And I was like, what? <laughs> so I got the video and I just uh, watched the, the most recent two or three back to back. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't de-kill the mystery machine, but... Uh, I can fix a couple other things. <laughs> that was my journey. Okay, next question. Derek from Skewed and Reviewed. What do you think are the main reasons behind the continued appeal of the franchise? Uh, for me, <clears throat> um, I mean, there's such solid characters. Like, if you show anybody a, a picture of the Scooby gang, like, you know, people, people know their names, people know what their, their personality traits are. I mean, it's been it's been picked up by influenced so many other things beyond that. Um, but yeah, for me, it was uh, I think again my my childhood in the '80s. I was terrified of of monsters and monster movies, and, and previews for monster movies would just make me cry. I would fast forward past the exploding heads and Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Medusa getting her head chopped off and Clash of the Titans because I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> And so I, I think the Scooby gang or Scooby-Doo in general just sort of helped me come to terms with, with the idea that, you know, monsters aren't real and that there is a rational explanation for most things. <laughs> Great. Next question, Mark from Toon Barn. What other iconic Halloween-related celebrities like Elvira can the Scooby gang hang out with next? I don't know, man. I, uh, I think they're getting some courage the cowardly dog. <laughs> But uh, the, the future is a bit of a mystery to me, so I don't know. Maybe Next King question. Arthur? <laughs> Maybe. Next question, Alexa from the Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo. Were there any specific influences or inspirations behind Velma and her mind powers and the development of Daphne's character? Um, I, I guess the direct influence for the mind palace is uh, the BBC Sherlock Holmes probably. I think that's the, the biggest mind palace we've seen in the last decade. <laughs> so I don't think it would have happened if, if that hadn't existed. I feel Vic like I missed the last part of the question there. It was a... Uh, well, what were the... What, uh, were there any specific influences or inspirations behind Velma and her mind palace and the development of D D uh, Daphne's character? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, with, with Daphne, uh, I sort of just stole Daphne from Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Uh, and with Daphne, I, I, she's always been in sort of a weird place where she started off as sort of the damsel in distress and then just became like this incredible ass kicker. Uh, and I, I, when I was watching all the Scooby-Doo's, I was like, well, there's 50 years of history. Like, what do I take? And I was like, well, what if I just took it all? <laughs> like, what if she's you know, she gets herself into trouble and she kicks ass, but she's also, you know, got something else going on upstairs. <laughs> Vic from Drop the Spotlight. How excited are you to be able to direct the movie in the Scooby-Doo franchise? Uh, very excited. I mean, I, I love the characters I have since I was a kid. I'm not always uh, a fan of, of just the constant stream of library stuff that studios put out, but if I was gonna do that for the rest of my life, could do a lot worse than Scooby-Doo. 
Mark from Toon Barn, what are Halloween traditions that you grew up with that made that you may have included in this film? Mm, I don't think there were anything beyond really trick-or-treating that was specific to my childhood. We did a lot of apple cider and donuts. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't in there. <laughs> Want to expand on the donuts and the apple cider? I don't know. It was, just something, it was something our mom gave us before we went out to trick-or-treat and get candy. <laughs> I don't know why we needed that much sugar, but hey, it worked. There you go. Okay. Last question. Um, Gareth from Skewden re uh, reviewed, do you, have, do you have favorite bad guys from the classic series? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some great monsters in there. I guess uh, the space kook is probably my favorite, just visually and conceptually. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say, mm, Matt? About are we good? About anything? Because we are done. Oh, we're done. Was that 45 minutes? It wasn't. Oh, it was 20 minutes, and you went through them very quickly. All right. Good um, job, me. <laughs> do we, can e we can either do that, or if any of the other people want to um, jump in with any other questions that you want to have, we've got a few minutes. You guys tell me. Should we unmic? You guys do. Okay. Um, Brittany... Can you, um, yeah. okay, yeah, can you unmute everyone and then we can yes. go from there. Perfect. I think we should all talk at once. Let's try. Because I, okay. I'm going to There we go. Here, I see the unmuting happening. There you go. Hello. There you Hello. go. If you can introduce yourself and the outlet that you're with and then follow up with your question, that would be great. I feel like Mark was indicating he wanted to go first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Mark. He from rose his hand. Hey. So uh, I wanted to know, uh, because we had had Batman and, and Robin on Scooby-Doo previously and everything, did you have to do anything special to jump through hoops to get Dr. Crane's Scarecrow on, on this Scooby Halloween movie? Uh, the nice thing is that Warner Brothers owns both properties, uh, even though they're different divisions. So I did have to, you know, ask and clear it through DC. I had to write a little letter that said, you know, what my intentions were. Um, but, but yeah, my real fear was that uh, they just weren't going to let it happen without Batman, because it is sort of strange. Uh, and, and by that point, the script had already been mostly written, and like if I didn't get him in there, I didn't know what I was going to do, because it kind of had to be someone that everyone could recognize, uh, just, just to get him <laughs> in there. But yeah, I, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Cool. Thank you. Nice back cave, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Russ, do you want to go up next? Sure. I'm uh, Russ Burlingame from comicbook.com. Russ? And kind of on a similar note to the question about Dr. Crane, uh, if you were to do another one of these films, not necessarily a, a Halloween, but take on another Scooby, uh, is there another kind of brand, whether it's Warner Brothers or Hanna-Barbera, something that you would want to cross over with or bring in? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I did do a little bit of 
punch up writing on the next Scooby Doo, and I got to introduce one of my favorite uh, obscure Hanna Barbera characters into the mix. So I won't say what that is, but yes. <laughs> Thanks very much. Anyone else? Oh, okay, Jimmy. Hi, my name is uh, Jamie Luzinski. I'm with Saturday Morning Serial. And I was wondering, uh, similar to Russ, um, but you're still limited to the WB archives and library. Are there any, uh, any other DC characters or Batman villains that you do want to use in the future? Uh, it's not anything I've thought about, but yeah, there's there's such a wealth of stuff there. I did get to work on uh, Teen Titans Go a little bit uh, during my time at Warner Brothers. And yeah, there's just so much content. So I would say yes, but I, I haven't put much thought into it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've got one. Um, I'm Alexa Lawler from the Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo. Uh, coming in to work on a Scooby-Doo movie 50 years after the franchise began, why do you think that Scooby-Doo has lasted so long? Uh, I really do think it's it's just the characters. They're so uh, they're so relatable and just rock solid, and they do have this dynamic uh, that I've, I've compared a couple times to Bill and Ted, but it's not quite that extreme. Like Bill and Ted, uh, you can say anything to them, and they'll just be like, yeah, whatever. And it's kind of that way with Scooby, like, uh, you know, that they're tight, you know, they're not, there's, you don't have to worry about anybody betraying each other or just dumb <laughs> nonsense drama, like, they're friends and they solve mysteries. It's simple. <laughs> Thank you. Vic had a question. Yep, go ahead, Vic. Uh, hey guys, I'm Vic Drop Spotlight. Um, uh, Maxwell, I was wondering, which character do you resonate with and uh, why is it Shaggy? <laughs> uh that's a good question why is it Jackie? <laughs> um i don't know i uh i do relate to all of them i guess that's sort of the fun for me of writing is just getting into characters heads and, and finding out what i do like or love about them uh i, I feel like shaggy and scooby are, are fairly easy to write uh for me the hard ones were daphne and, and a little bit fred it was just sort of figuring out I guess in my head where they were coming from and where they were in their lives. <laughs> but I relate most to the monkey. I like that. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> yep, Russ, go ahead. Sure. Uh, Russ again. And uh, you, you kind of noted that this is a riff on an episode of television that you'd already done in a way. Uh, was there anything, because I, I feel like as a creative person, there's always that stuff that like you, you get the refrigerator a moment later where you're like, oh, I could have done this. Was there anything that made it into the Scooby one that you've been kind of sitting on for years where it was just like, oh, I could have done that if I had, if I thought of it? Um, not really. Like the, the only uh, crossover is, is the pumpkins, the living pumpkins. So uh, beyond just being monsters, there wasn't really a whole lot I wanted to, to do with them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Jimmy. Uh, hi, Jimmy. Jimmy again. Okay, go ahead, Jim. Hi, hi thanks. Uh, Jimmy again. It's a little off topic, but when I was a little kid, I used to have to get up early on Saturday mornings to watch Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Uh, with my breakfast. So when you're watching cartoons on the weekends, what's your fa favorite uh, Saturday morning cereal? 
cereal. These I've gotten really boring with the cereal. Like, uh, what, what am I doing now? Uh, some sort of like kashi thing. <laughs> I'm in the how smoothies about, right now. I'm a smoothie. How man. about when you were a, a young lad and you were watching Scooby Doo? Where well, are you? back then it was Captain Crunch, probably <laughs> Crunch Berries. Nice, thank you. Any, anything that cuts up your mouth and uh, yeah, the, a lot like of destruction. Yeah. yeah. Mark, you're up next. Hi. Uh, so with the childlike stuff that you have to have within a uh, Scooby movie and a Scooby franchise, do you think there would ever be the possibility of bringing in some of those 80s horror uh, icons like Freddy or Jason or anything like that and still make it okay for kids for Scooby? Maybe. Uh, that's that's way above my pay grade. Uh, interestingly, Warner Brothers, I think, does own Freddy uh, and, and possibly Jason as well. They're, it's something I've talked to people about, uh, but I, you know, it is, I, th I think those are, you know, those are like rated R movies and Scooby has <laughs> always for 50 years been mostly a kid's property. And I, I think there's hesitance to crossbreed them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Garrett? Hi, I'm Garrett that's Student Reviewed, and a little off topic here, but I'm curious with the fact that we're not able to have in-person conventions and stuff like this, has the move to virtual changed how you approach uh, marketing, and what do you miss most about going to the in-person shows? Is that for me? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I miss seeing people in general, like uh, it's it's kind of cool to like look people in the eye occasionally. I go to the grocery store to do that now. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, co conventions are a little strange. It's definitely easy. I don't know that I would be physically in New York now, even if that were possible. So that's cool. Um, and, and working itself is a little weird. Like uh, mostly it's okay, but there's, uh, you know, when you spend, say, weeks and weeks in an office with an editor, you get to the point where, you know, you'll see something on the screen and you'll look at them and they'll look at you and they'll nod their head and they'll just do stuff. <laughs> and that's all gone. So it, it's, I don't know, it's a different world now, I guess. Yes, Alexa. Um, and you also got the chance to write a song for this movie as well. Uh, can you speak to how that idea came about and the process that you took to create the song? Um, I've written songs for other animated things before and I don't know, it's it's fun. It's a different form of writing and I like songs, I like rhymes and poetry, so I I always welcome it when it comes, but it's pretty rare. <laughs> Thank you. If that is it, All right. we can conclude the uh the press questions. Um I'm here. You guys can shoot me an email or Gary. If you guys need anything, don't hesitate to reach out to one of us. Um, a link will be sent out later on this afternoon um, with what we just did. And the quick reminder, Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo is now available on DVD and digital. Thank you, guys. Stay safe. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Max. Thank you so much. Thank you, Max. Have a great All day. All right, take care. All right. Bye, Max. Bye. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.